The elves are working hard on presents, getting set for the big day. What's Santa doing? I'll tell you what he's doing. He's got his feet up. He's got his snacks and his drinks ready because he bloody loves the Champions League. And match day six could be a belter. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. elves are all set. Mark O'Hare's been hard at work in the bet cave and he's a tipster on form. Uh, Mark, I want to ask you first about the outrights for the Champions League who might win the competition entirely. Since we started this, has your opinion changed during the group stage? And if it has about anything, why has it? Oh, good question. Um, not massively, in all honesty. And I think the top four in the market still are a cut above the rest. You know, what, we, what we're talking about right now, the start of December, I still think the top four are the top four most likely contenders or challengers to win the trophy outright. Um, but a lot can change in football, as we know. And this is always quite an interesting part of the season because the last 16 draw will be made next Monday and then we've basically got a couple of months where there's no Champions League action and these teams can fall in or out of form by the time the competition rolls around again and I think you look back to last season Chelsea for example if we were talking about Chelsea as a Champions League contender 12 months ago probably be kind of rubbishing them a little bit because of the the way in which they were trending under Frank Lampard. And you can look to someone like Man United right now, a ramshackle of a side under Solskjaer, but you know, I know Ralph Franklin's only had one game, but you could see his influence in that first half against Crystal Palace on Sunday. It's not the greatest stretch in the world to suggest that they could be contenders come February if that system you know, starts to suit his players and he potentially gets a one or two in in the January transfer window to sort of bolster things defensively or in midfield. So uh, towards the top end of the market, I'd probably look at Man United as a potential to to contract in price before February. Um, I think they already have actually since Rangnick's appointment, which is, you know, understandable really. Uh, but right now, I think Man City are still fair favourites. I think they produced the, the best performances in one-off games so far this season to sort of dictate that as well. And the market is always going to be short on them anyhow, the way in which they play and their history. Um, but uh, yeah, I think PSG are the ones who we kind of snubbed at the start of the season. It's no real surprise to see them drift quite considerably since probably match day three when they realised kind of the PSG probably weren't going to win uh, the group because finishing second in the pool now makes them likely to meet either Liverpool, United, Bayern or possibly Chelsea as well. So uh, their domestic performances have been pretty ordinary, um, a lot for PSG to improve on. But of course they can. In two months, they could easily be a, a completely different team. But yeah, it is tricky. I really wanted to come to you with a, a nice kind of big back to lay price. Uh, but to be brutally honest, I find it really difficult right now um, without knowing the draw. But also you look at the teams who have won the group. If you're finishing second in the pool, it's going to be bloody difficult to get through uh, unless you get a, a fortunate draw potentially one of the teams in Group F uh, who might win you know all four up for grabs in that pool but uh, I think Atalanta are 100 to 1 possibly but they still have to get through against Villarreal and then still you can easily end up with them against the likes of City, Liverpool, Chelsea or Bayern so yeah I mean going back to the original question what's changed really uh, probably nothing to be honest since we talked about the competition back in September but um, I think United are possibly one to watch and there's nothing wrong with that. If nothing's changed, then nothing's changed. Interesting point you make, though, uh, about Paris, because I think if you hadn't watched any of their games in Liga, 
you look at the table and think they're miles clear. They must be great. They've been trash in Liga this season compared to what that team should be able to produce. Now, we've decided to test the physical and mental strength of odds compiler Mark Stinchcombe by getting him to do this after he attended a wedding at the weekend. Uh, Stinch, I hope you had a good time, first of all. Uh, you've been looking at some of the permutations in terms of who can qualify are there any angles we can take advantage of? It's quite an intriguing part of the competition, isn't it? Yeah, cheers, Kev. There's three groups that are up for grabs in terms of slots available for teams to qualify. So we've got Group B, which is Liverpool's group. Obviously, Liverpool won the group. Then we've got Porto to qualify the 8 to 11, Atletico at 21 to 10, and Milan at the outsiders at 10 to 3. If you look at the uh, permutations for that particular group, quite straightforward. Uh, Porto will go through if they beat Atletico at home or if they draw that match and Milan don't win. Uh, Atletico need to win and hope Milan don't and Milan need to win and hope the other game is a draw. So based on all of that, none of those to qualify prices appeal. You're much better off backing the, the permutations individually. So for example, you're much better, instead of backing Milan to win at 10 to 3, you're much better backing Milan to win at evens and then a draw in the other game at 5 to 1. So uh, nothing nothing standing out in that group. But the other two I think are a little bit interesting. So Group E is the one with Bayern Munich of 1 and Benfica of 4 to 6 faves to qualify against Barca the evens. Um, Barcelona obviously going away to a Bayern Munich team don't know whether Bayern are going to rotate so that's obviously a bit tricky there but Barcelona will go through if they win um, or Benfica don't win well Benfica are just 2-7 to seven against Kiev so Barcelona really need to be winning this game in, uh, in Munich to guarantee to go through um, and based on that if you were to back Benfica to win and Bayern double chance essentially that only comes out at sort of 1.5 so actually Benfica to qualify at 4 to 6 if you're happy to get on board with Benfica being 2 to 7 to beat Kiev you're much better off taking this Benfica at 4 to 6 to qualify so that one that's one angle and then the other group that's still up for grabs is group F with Atalanta and Villarreal so quite straightforward this one Atalanta need to beat Villarreal to qualify a draw or a Villarreal win will be good enough for Villarreal Atalanta are four to five faves against Villarreal, 10 to 11. But if you were to back Villarreal in the match, it's only eight to 11. So you're getting a slightly bigger price there by backing Atalanta to qualify. Um, and I couldn't put anyone off maybe doing Atalanta and Benfica both to qualify at two to one. Because if you were to back all the permutations individually, it would only pay six to four. And this chimes with what you've been saying, not just through this season, but last season as well, about look at the outrights, because sometimes you might look at a game and think, oh, that's a good price. But actually, sometimes it's better either having a longer term view or in this case, it is a short term thing because it's all tied up in the same set of matches, but you're getting better prices with the outrights. Yeah, I think Jason's mentioned it a few times as well to keep an eye on uh, where the prices are going on the outrights based on match odds that are going off. Match odds that maybe you don't want to get involved in on a one-to-one -one basis, as you mentioned, but you, but you are uh, taking value by going for the, the longer-term view. And then, obviously, you've got cash out as well. So if things aren't quite going your way, you know, um, for example, I backed uh, Dortmund to win their group. Which is, which is gone, which is a car crash, basically. But after the uh, first result against Ajax, you were still able to get some of your money back uh, because 
that because of the cash out option and because Dortmund could still win the group, but they needed a big swing in results. So there, you know, there is that security there as well. So yeah, it's always good to to have a look at the outrights. I mean, uh, I know it's a different competition, but you know, we mentioned about back in Spurs for top four. Spurs four to eleven to beat Norwich, four to seven to beat Brentford. Nobody's back in those prices, but you but you're getting quite. We got quite a nice price at seven to one, and they're now into nine to two. So yeah, it's always worth having a little look uh, for any sort of things that stand out aside from the one x two. The data doctor will see you now. Jake Oscarthorpe here from InfoGold. Jake, let's take a look at a clash that. Stinch has just mentioned, actually, Porto against Atletico Madrid. Atleti collapsed completely at home to Mallorca. They were 1-0 up, conceded a goal with 10 minutes to go, then conceded the winner in the 90th minute, Take Kubo, who's on loan from Real Madrid. Just an extra gut punch there for Atletico fans. Uh, Porto still very much in the title race in Portugal. If Porto win their through, we know that, as Stinch has mentioned. How do you see this one going? Because I felt in the reverse fixture, Porto with a better team probably should have won. Yeah, you were right. I mean, all the data stacks up to that point as well in the sense that they actually created the better chances um, at the Wanda. And, you know, when we look at Porto's matches against Atletico and AC Milan just in isolation, they've been the best team in all three of those games. Um, They've averaged 1.5 XG, 0.5 XGA uh, across those three games against those two teams. So, they really deserve to be second in the group, which is where they are at the moment. The only issue they've had is coming up against Liverpool, which is kind of knocked them for six in the first game in particular. Um, they hate playing Liverpool, don't they? It's they insane. They really do. Yeah. Be- they because get against, against everybody else. Time. <laughs> against everybody else, they bite and snarl and scratch and do everything that they normally do. They're ever so competitive, but they can play as well. Against Liverpool, it's like they completely forget how to play. I think it, yeah. Well, yeah. There is there is that, and I think it's also it kind of shows you that Liverpool are a cut above yeah, Atletico and AC Milan, and and you know maybe if Porto played against a Man City or a Bayern, the same thing would happen in the sense that they just get blown away. But this game will be very competitive because I do think that Porto and Atletico are at a very similar level um, at the moment, and then. You throw in the fact that Atletico need to win this game as well. They have to win. They're bottom of the group heading into the game. Uh, they need to win and hope. Obviously, Milan don't win. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of expecting it to be quite an open game. We've seen Atletico in, especially this season, have played a bit more on the front foot. They've been involved in a lot more high-scoring games than what we've come to expect over the last few years. Um, and you know, given the fact that there are. There's probably going to be somebody with eyes in that AC Milan-Liverpool game just to see what AC Milan are doing. If they take an early lead against Liverpool, I think they're around 11 to 10 favourites, which I think is a little bit too short. Uh, but if they take an early lead, then all of a sudden Porto have to come out and have a go as well uh, and because they then have to win the game to better AC Milan's result. Uh, sorry, equal it. So um, we factor in that Atletico Madrid in the Champions League so far, they've been really poor. The only game in which they've won the XG battle convincingly was against AC Milan. Um at the Giuseppe Miazza and that was against 10 men yeah over over the course of the campaign they've they've conceded an average of 1.7 expected goals against per game so they're shipping quite a few chances regularly to their opponents um, and yeah, I, I do like this Porto side in this game. I'm surprised at the marginal outsiders. And I think maybe the, the fact that a draw might be enough for them has had an effect on that price and Atletico need to win makes them a little bit shorter. Um, I'm taking a little, a little bit of a, a, a biggish price punt in this one um, I wanted to get Porto on side at the prices I do think that they're the better of the two teams and will get a result so I've got Porto or the draw and because of the way in which the game will likely have to play out with both teams probably needing to win the game and especially Atletico playing on the front foot I think we could see a fair few goals 
So Porto or the draw and over two and a half goals on the Betfair Sportsbook pays 13 to five. And like I say, it's a big it's a big price point. It's bigger than what I would usually go for. But I just think you know, trying to get Porto on side, the, the price on the double champs is a bit too short, around eight to 11. So throwing a goals line in there where, you know, as we've seen with Atletico, been involved in quite a few high scoring games this season they're conceding quite a few champs in this competition uh, I think that, that that could give us a run for our money Look at you going maverick early in the Massively, show lovely yeah. stuff that's <laughs> what we like to see uh, let's zoom across to Chelsea's group shall we uh, Stinch Chelsea will probably have to win at Zenit to make sure they win their group because Juventus are likely to beat a Malmö side that's just won the title in Sweden. They might be hungover, quite frankly, and they've been totally outclassed at this level. So pressure's on Chelsea, really. Yeah, uh, the odds kind of uh, suggest that. I mean, Zenit haven't got uh, anything to play for either, so maybe uh, it'll be a little bit easier than expected for for Chelsea. Chelsea 4-9. to Um it's so hard, in my opinion, to calculate and price motivation. Really, really yeah. difficult, in my opinion. Um, so, you kind of just in in my in my mind, it's, it's sometimes just have to accept that the price is is accurate, or it's it, it's difficult to say it's overbet because there's nothing, there's nobody that wants to get Zenit on side, really, because as I say they've got nothing to play for. Um, so, I'm I'm just going to sort of go back to the the well kind of get Chelsea on side expect them to go for a professional performance to get get the result and get the win that they need as you mentioned um so looking at Chelsea to win an under 4.5 goals which is uh 3 to 4 on the sports book uh all 12 of Tuchel's Champions League games at Chelsea have gone under 4.5 in the Champions League nine of them have gone to, gone under 2.5 so generally they are low scoring there was just the I say just there was the two four nils against Juve and Malmo already in the group so you know maybe that four to nine, you could argue, could be even shorter um, because they have, you know, comfortably won games against good opposition uh, already in the group this season. As I say, Zenit, nothing to play for. And actually, they've got quite a big game against uh, Dinamo Moscow on Sunday, which is the last game in Russia before the winter break. They're just two points clear at the moment. So I think they'll probably have one eye on that, Zenit. And I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if they if they, uh, if they don't rotate a little bit here. Um, you know, for example, I think Jake mentioned uh, about Milan's price home to Liverpool. You'd imagine Liverpool will rotate. Games are coming thick and fast. So that's what I'm kind of expecting for a few clubs uh, this week that haven't got anything to play for, that they will rotate. So um, Chelsea have got quite a quick turnaround, actually. It's Wednesday to Saturday for them. Um, and they're playing Leeds and we know you know generally we know it's not an easy game against Leeds no. in terms of work rate uh, maybe a bit easier in terms of chance creation because of the way Leeds play but it's not as if you can just turn up and play in third gear and expect to beat Leeds team so I would expect Tuchel to try and get the game wrapped up as soon as possible and then start to bring players off especially with the five subs rule in Europe I'd expect and try and make, make the most of that because Chelsea have obviously picked up a few injuries of late so yeah Chelsea to win an under 4.5 five goals at 1.75 Chelsea say as well that's possible um, also, also I always think this kind of contributes to a, a reasonably low scoring game but temperatures in St. Petersburg around minus 18 today I think they're going to be slightly warmer at minus 11 tomorrow but uh, snow showers expected in St. Petersburg as well so that's always kind of conducive to a, a low, lower scoring match too 
I like how polite you were there, Mark, as if I was going to go, no, O'Hare, <laughs> you can't get involved. No, no, no. Uh, all, all contributions welcome, of course. Uh, Jake, talking of contributions welcome, what's yours? Uh, similar lines, but I'm going to drop it down a goal. Uh, Chelsea's winning under three and a half at 11 to 10. They've been excellent in the group stage, have Chelsea, apart from that, that game in Turin. Allow just 0.5 expected goals against per game. And I think that's the key for me in this match is the fact that in recent weeks, they've looked a little bit defensively vulnerable. They've made a few silly errors. Um, I think Tuchel will want to try and stamp those out and keep a clean sheet. And, um, you know, as we've, as Stinch said, the rotation aspect could come into this. And I think if Chelsea race into a 1 or 2 nil lead, I think they'll just cruise uh, and keep that very comfortable lead rather than going for the throat. So dropping it down a goal um, just to get a marginally bigger price, I think uh, is, is what I'm going to do. 11 to 10. And as I've said, it's really important that Chelsea win this game and I think they'll win it with plenty in hand. Now, do you feel that an unfair moment has cost you a winning bet? Well, let Dimitar Varbatov know. See what we've done. He's called Dimitar Berbatov, but we've used VAR to call him Varbatov. This is tremendous banter. Uh, let Dimitar <laughs> Varbatov know, and you could get your bet paid out. Send any examples over the next few days to at Betfair on social media using the hashtag VARBATOV, and the former Spurs and Manchester United striker will make his ruling. The most fascinating group, and a lot of people disagree with me on this, but the most fascinating group has been the one with Lille, Wolfsburg, Sevilla and Salzburg in it. All four sides can still qualify for the last 16. Mark, you're looking at both games for us. This has been insane, this group, and I love it. Oh yeah, 100% agree. Uh, this has been my favourite group by by far, actually, and it's wonderfully set up. I think all four can can uh, miss out altogether, and all four can qualify. Uh, there's been controversy in most of the matches, drama, goals, underdogs winning. You've got the the group outsiders, Lille top, and the favourites Sevilla in third. Um, but yeah, I'm going to look at the, the Salzburg game against Sevilla first. Um, I think I put up goals. Well, I definitely did put up goals. I know I did. Uh, when Salzburg played Lille on match day five, it never really materialised. But that's kind of been the exception to the rule when Salzburg are involved, uh, particularly in the Champions League. Um, they tend to play in one way and one way only, and that's getting forward and scoring goals, playing at a high tempo. It's a, an approach that's worked really well for them. Um, they'll know a point here puts them through, but that's always a really dangerous game to play. Uh, I think especially for a Salzburg team who probably aren't accustomed to playing kind of practical football. So... Uh, um, Sevilla going here knowing a win is required to qualify as well so at some point one of these two teams is going to have to go for it there's going to be open spaces that should suit Salzburg um, it may not be from the off but I'm sure at some point it will be carnage and um, yeah you know I'm normally quite cautious about approaching any Sevilla game uh, with an overs angle but I just think here the price and the permutations outweigh that kind of caution because we can get over two and a half goals at 1.92 uh, now, obviously, Sevilla aren't normally accustomed to, to chasing games. They much prefer to kind of control contests uh, and be defensively assured. But uh, I think, obviously, this is completely different for them. Um, Saturday, for example, against Villarreal was right up their street. Lopetegui, pragmatic by nature, very happy to sort of control the game and see it out. They did give up a couple of good chances, but they got the victory. Um, Acuna got injured in that match, so they're going to be missing both of their fullbacks uh, with Navas absent. There are a few forward uh, absentees as well. No El Nasiri, no Suso, no Lamella, but Rafa Mears come in and, and been a, a really smart signing, led the line very well. Lucas Acampos arguably been the most influential player over the past few seasons, fit, available, playing well. Uh, and hopefully Papu Gomez can kind of put a 
good foot forward because he hasn't really um, sustained yeah, it's his It's about form. time, isn't it, really? Because we were quite excited about that. It just hasn't really happened. No, um, I think the system hasn't really suited him. You know, At- Atalanta, he was probably the main man and given the freedom to roam and, and kind of be influential, whereas he's often been shipped out to, to wide positions with, with Sevilla and probably been, been given quite a, a few defensive instructions too. So uh, probably will happen the same again if he does get a start here. But uh, I think Sevilla will score. They only failed to score in three of their 21 games across the league and uh, Champions League this season. Um, but, you know, go back to match day one. They really struggled to contain Salzburg uh, at the Sanchez pick Wayne and uh, you know they're not as I say accustomed to sort of chasing a game so they're all at sea in that first game and I just think Salzburg have enough quality in forward areas but when those open spaces start to come their way they will take one of those opportunities um, so obviously only a five game sample but both teams matches uh, are averaging over 2.7 expected goals in the Champions League this season Salzburg have hit overs in 17 of the last 22 Champions League games both teams have scored in 19 of those um, that figure does include qualifiers but even so I just think they've got enough menace about them to get on the score sheet. Sevilla should score as well and uh, we should be in for a a fascinating last kind of half hour as both teams kind of battle it out for qualification places. So that leaves us with Wolfsburg Lille in the cauldron that is the Volkswagen (laughs) Arena. Always such an intimidating atmosphere for teams to go to. Uh, That said, Wolfsburg are actually pretty decent at home by and large. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, this is similar, very much a sort of rinse and repeat job in, in a way. I'm going for both teams to score though in this match. And, um, you know, Lille top and no, just a point is required. But uh, Wolfsburg need to win. Um, as you say, they're, they're much better at home. Uh, they have been pretty poor in this competition, but most of those poor performances, you know, their, their XG, are, I think it's a, a minus 3.4 differential after five match days. But most of the damage has been done away from home. And, and three of those games came under Mark van Bommel's tutorship and you know, they're much improved under Kofeld, uh, pretty anemic actually in the last match in the Champions League. But before that against Salzburg, uh, we saw a, a much better side to their performances. So I know they've since lost back-to-back Bundesliga games, but they've conceded three goals in both of those against Mainz and Dortmund. They've actually conceded multiple goals in four successive matches now. Um, so, you know, what was once their, their real strength um, has become, you know, I wouldn't say an area of weakness, but an area of concern and injuries have contributed there f- for sure. But uh, yeah, I think Lille, quietly are trending in the right direction under Guvernek. They've had a very slow start, a difficult start, understandably so, but it's now just three defeats in 15. One of those defeats was at PSG, which was really, really harsh. They've scored in 13 of those matches and eight of their last nine have seen both teams to score click. Um, no, I'm expecting them to be pretty defensively minded, knowing that just a point is required. But you look at the players that they have got in transition who could hurt and stretch that Wolfsburg defence. Vicone, Sanchez, David, Bamba, uh, Yilmaz isn't quite in the same bracket as that but his physicality and his personality can easily unsettle that Wolfsburg defence too. So, yeah, I think um, both teams are potentially quite gettable. Um, Wakehorst is fit and the Metro is enjoying a really positive season. Wolfsburg have only failed to score once at home all season. Um, They've scored against Dortmund, Sevilla, Salzburg, Leipzig, Frankfurt, Gladbach. So you kind of back them to do so against Lille as well, considering Lille's recent defensive record. So, yeah, I think both teams have scored 1.76, considering the lay of the land in the group should be quite good. Jake, I know you've got a view on this Wolfsburg clash because it's an interesting point Mark makes about Lille. Obviously, we were used to them being so defensively solid under Christoph Galtier when they won the title. Under Guovinec, it's not the same. It's not the same situation, is it really? 
Uh, well, you'd think so, but um, in the Champions League group so far, they've allowed just 0.95 expected goals against per game. So they've actually been fairly tight at the back and done uh, and, and limited their opponents very well. And that stretches to Ligue 1 as well. So I'll throw it to the floor. Where do you think Lille sit in Ligue 1 when it comes to expected points? Oh, fourth. Any other guesses? <laughs> Any advances on fourth? Have I stumped you all? Well, I've gone fourth. Neither Stinch nor Mark no is having a swing at this. Six. Right, they're actually second on expected points. So really, everything Mark's saying there about them picking up some steam is—you know—the results are doing that, but the performances have been fairly consistent throughout the season, and um, you know, factor that with also Wolfsburg and their recent sort of. Yeah, you know, they had a, a little new manager bounce period, didn't they? Where they won a couple of games in a row, and then all of a sudden they've, they've won this in four. They've lost three of those. All performances have been really bad as well defensively. They've conceded a lot of good chances in those in those matches, and you know everything that we've said about permutations, etc. We've already spoken about the importance of winning the group, um, and Lille are in a position where they they're in pole position to win this group. If they go to Wolfsburg and get a result. They can guarantee void in the likes of Bayern Munich, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United, etc. Real Madrid. Um, so there's a huge like carrot dangling in front of Lille to go to Wolfsburg and actually get a win. Um, and I'm surprised that Wolfsburg are so short. That was the, the main takeaway for me when I'm looking at these markets. They're around 2.2, which I just think is way too short for a side that defensively have shown real vulnerabilities, especially recently. Um, and, you know, Lille... I've been a big fan of them consistently this season, despite the results and despite the league position. And I do think that they're more than capable of going to the Wolfsburg and getting a, getting a result at the very least and maybe winning the game. So I was looking at the Asian handicap and you can get them at plus a quarter at around even money. And that, that appealed to me. So if, if Lille win the game, we get a nice price winner. If they draw the game, basically avoid defeat, we get half um, a half a stake win. Um, and I, I do think that they're the better of the two teams here. And, and I think their recent performances in particular have shown that they, you know, their last Champions League game, for example, they won 1-0. That was a vintage Lille performance. And I wouldn't be at all surprised to see something similar here. A very Keeping the game tight because they know a draw might be uh, would be enough to see them qualify. Um, but also being able to hit on the break. And I think that's a, an area where they could exploit Wolfsburg because Wolfsburg do need to win the game. Interesting stuff. It's going to be a really good end to that group. I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain could do with a convincing performance as they face a Club Bruges side that's keen to stay in Europe. They'll have one eye on what's going on in the other game between Leipzig and Manchester City. That's the only real jeopardy in this group, to be honest, which of uh, Bruges or Leipzig stays in Europe. But Bruges need at least a point. Stinch, how do we see this one going? Yeah, I mean, I think this week is a bit tricky regarding uh, decent bets because of teams not having anything to play for. But I think this one's landed on quite a good one in this game, to be honest. Um, PSG are one to four to to win, um, which difficult really. Again, I mentioned before about motivation, rotation. Very difficult at this moment to know. Um, how how they're going to perform. Difficult to know how they're going to perform in any game, regardless <laughs> of the motivation. I mean, yeah, two back-to-back uninspiring draws, right? But it's kind of in keeping with their performances, as you mentioned at the beginning of, of the show, I think. Um, so, yeah, Bruges need to better Leipzig's result um, and Leipzig home to Man City in order to get third and enter the Europa League and yeah, PSG nothing to play for. So yeah, I had a little little delve into the match and I think I've come up with quite a good bet to be honest. I'm gonna go for Bruges over nine point five shots at six to five. 
Um, that's the lowest line available. So arguably, you could probably, if it was available, you get over 8.5, a sort of 8 to 11 or something. Um, so I'm going for this one at 6 to 5. Um, Bruges averaging just over 9 in their five Champions League games. So I think it's fairly admirable considering the quality they're up against in, you know, uh, Leipzig, City and, and PSG. You look at sort of Malmo and Kiev and their shot stats are a lot weaker and uh, in just a sort of tougher groups. So I think that's quite admirable. But PSG have conceded a whopping 17 per game in the Champions League, which is mad, really. It just goes to show that they... Just don't but they not only in- defend with eight players, maybe. Wow. <laughs> they're, they're just they're just not a team, are they? At all? they're just no. so dis- disjointed. Um, and I just think they're they're very vulnerable, and especially in a game they don't need anything and they've got no interest in. So yeah, I think getting with uh, Bruges in this manner is is really good. Like you don't have to worry about them winning a game. You don't have to worry about them scoring a goal. Um, PSG could win five 0 and the bet wins easily, you know. So I think I think it's really nice. Um, and, and actually, PSG in Liga are conceding eleven shots per game. So you know, looking at a bit longer spread of data, and I think you know Bruges could hold their own quite easily in in Liga and in, in somewhere in that in that tier. So um, and obviously in those games. That, that 11 that PSG are conceding is, is games that they're trying to win. And I'll say this one, they don't need to. So arguably that 11 could could be even higher. And actually in the reverse fixture, Bruges hit 16. So I don't think I'm really asking for too much for them to get 10. You know, they've done it before and, and this is and this is must win. Maybe in the, in the previous game, they were happy with taking a point, for example, or, or entered the game thinking a point might be a good result. So obviously there might be phases where they won't attack. But here I just, I'm hoping that, you know, they do try and take the game to PSG and go for those, those three points. Cause I don't, and again, I don't think they'll settle on, or maybe just the the one goal, because I say they need to better Leipzig's result, and Leipzig are playing obviously a Man City team that again are in the same position as PSG, don't need anything. So uh, yeah, if you think Bruce can re- repeat the trick in the reverse fixture, sixteen plus is eleven to one. So uh, I'm going to throw wow. that one out out there as well. Oh, I like those very much. Now, we know it's frustrating when you get frozen out of a bet. So Betfair is now offering no cash-out suspensions on match odds, over-under and goal markets on the sportsbook, even during VAR reviews or when there's a penalty. Straight shootout between Atalanta and Villarreal for a place in the last 16. Atalanta need to win. Villarreal will progress if they avoid defeat. Now, Mark... Atalanta are absolutely flying at the moment. They've won their last five. They've won away at Napoli. They've won away at Juventus. But I look at Villarreal in Europe, and even though they've been trash in La Liga, I'm always really loath to go against Emery. How are you looking at this one? Yeah, it's an interesting conundrum, especially with a Villarreal team led by Murray, who doesn't need to win. Basically, a point will will be enough. So it does obviously add a a bit of concern. Um, both will feel they probably deserve to be, um, you know, probably in the top two, um, considering how they played against Manchester United. But uh, I think Atalanta are deserved favourites. They are the better team on paper and are in better form. But yeah, I mean, Villarreal draw specialists traditionally under Emery in Spain, but they have been struggling a bit of late. Um, I know the schedule has been tough, but beaten by United, Barcelona and Sevilla, missed chances in most of those matches as well. Injuries have played a part. But overall, it's quite surprising. They've only won five games from 20 in the Champions League and La Liga combined this season. Injuries have contributed, uh, but Gerard Moreno is looking like a good going to be involved at some point um, played 45 minutes of the weekend played in the cup 
last midweek. Um, yeah. He's a big player for them if they're going to start finishing some of those opportunities. I expect him to feature prominent, prominently in this match. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, Villarreal will get opportunities regardless of what happens um, because Atalanta will always give you that opportunity regardless of the game state, regardless of permutations and what's at stake. And I think that is kind of heightened a little bit because of the, the lay of the land here, Atalanta needing to win. So those open spaces, that high line, you know, it's going to be in, in on display very much so here. And uh, but you're, you're right, Atalanta are in a great place right now. Um, they did take advantage of, of Napoli at the weekend, who were missing a number of key players in both boxes. And uh, But it was a wonderful advert for, for Italian football yet again. They've now scored twice or more in 15 of their 22 games across all competitions. Only failed to score once. Um, all key attack-minded players are fit and available. And if you look at the Champions League group so far, they've returned uh, a 1-0, 2-2, 2-2, 3-2 and 3-3. So just the Atalanta way. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrific. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can understand why people will look at this and go Villarreal. They'll be playing cautiously. They'll be playing on the counter attack. They'll be playing for a point. Um, it's Unai Emery, but Atalanta almost kind of supersede any kind of tactical system or approach from their opponents of their 22 games this season. Both teams have scored in 16. Overs has clicked in 16. Over three and a half in 12, uh, and also over three and a half in 11 of the last 15. So. I don't really want to get involved at Atalanta, kind of short odds on quotes. I do expect them to win, but I definitely do want to be with goals. And originally I looked at over two and three quarters at 178. I looked at over two and a half and both teams to score, which is shorter at 173. Uh, but after all, it's match day six. It's winner takes all. Um, I think we can afford to be a bit bold here and have a bit of fun. So I've settled on seven to two from the sportsbook for both teams to score two or more goals, which I think is a bit too big considering over three and a half goals here is seven to five and over four and a half goals is seven to two. It's a bet that's one in four of Atalanta's five Champions League games, including the reverse. It's also one in nine of their 22 games across the whole season, uh, including five of their last eight. And the odds suggest it's just got a 22% chance of landing. So, you know, Atalanta, I would probably put my money on scoring at least twice. The odds suggest they will do, but uh, I wouldn't discount Villarreal, particularly if Moreno starts. I love this today. You've all got a bit Wild West. It's like a kind of end of term feeling today. Started uh, pulling out the big guns. Lovely stuff. Uh, Mark did once famously say on this show that he wished that Giampiero Gasparini, the Atalanta coach, uh, could be his granddad. I'd quite like to invite Ruslan Malinovsky around just to <laughs> ping shots in the back garden. I just watch him shoot for probably an hour. That would be great fun. Uh, Stinch, you have a player bet, I think, from this game, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just on your on your Emery point, he'll want, he'll want to lose, won't he? Because he loves the Europa League. It, do you know what? You wouldn't <laughs> he wouldn't back against that. You wouldn't back against that. He's just drowned in Europa League trophies. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm. I think yeah. Goals is obviously the we, we want to go down. So like Mark, I'm going for what I think is uh, quite a nice big price and uh, and it gives a, an, an added interest in the game. You mentioned about Atalanta's chances of scoring two or more goals. That's just six to ten. So 1.6. So the market expects Atlanta, Atalanta to score at least two. I had a look at the uh, assist market. I had a little bit of joy uh, this season. And I was looking at Duvan Zapata to get an assist at 11 to 4. Great he's shout. The, he's got the most assists for Atalanta this season. He's second for key passes. So that's a pass that leads to a shot. So I don't think there's any... Uh, 
an expected reason he's got the most assists for Atalanta when he's making a lot of key passes. Um, yet we've got Malinowski and Ilicic who are, who are over a unit shorter at 13 to 8 and 17 to 10 respectively. So getting a bigger, uh, one unit bigger at least on, on a player that's getting more assists and creating more chances, I think uh, is already, it stands out. Um, he's made an assist in seven of his last 15 games, including in the reverse fixture, uh, which is a strike rate of 47%. The odds here suggest just 27%. So again, I think a nice disparity. He's made an assist against Napoli. Man United, Milan. So he's doing it in the bigger games. It's not the ones that Atalanta are running away with, you know, 5-2, 5-0, whatever. Um, you know, he is doing it in the big games. Um, let's say he, uh, he assisted in Villarreal after it just, I think it was just six minutes. He uh, set up uh, Remo Frula with a, with a neat layoff in the box. And yet yeah, they needed to win this game. So I think it's uh, quite a nice bet to have on your side at nearly 3-1. to one. Um, when, as I say, we uh, the market expects Atalanta to score two at very short odds on price. The Dusan Vlajevic stands will disagree with me, but I actually think Duvan Zapata is probably the best centre forward in Serie A right now uh, with the performances that he's putting in. He's been magnificent. Now, it's time for the world famous podcast Treble, a feature that Toffmeister General Jacob Rees Mogg once described as Nanny's absolute favourite, probably as he threw piles of money into the air, laughing gleefully. Now, this is normally where I get the lawyers involved to say that didn't happen, that definitely didn't happen, but I've probably written a lot worse about Rees Mogg on Twitter, so I'll take the hit. What we do is the three guys uh, have a selection each, and our uh, lovely traders wrap them up in a boosted treble for you let's start with jake oh thank you kev and what it's a very tough card i'm really glad you picked me first i'm gonna take chelsea to win uh four to nine throw a little shorty in there uh stinch looks devastated at that so i'll come to him next <laughs> This is becoming one of my favourite bits of the show, watching all of your reactions, depending on who I pick. Uh, Stinch, what are we going for? Yeah, I thought Chelsea was really nice because, as I say, if, if Zenit set with their B team, that Chelsea price could just drop through the floor. Um, I think it's really tricky. Can you come back to me after Mark and then I can have an even fewer one to choose from? Now, Mark's shaking his head here, but Mark, you've been done there. Once it's been passed, you can't pass it back. So here we it's go. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, both teams will score at Atalanta against Villarreal. Lovely stuff. And Stinch, there's nowhere yeah. else to go. Well, I'm, actually, this price looks quite juicy and it's one... I think Matt put it up already. So both teams to score Salzburg v Sevilla. It's, it's it's five to six. And as we know, Salzburg are quite mad. So that looks quite nice to me. Some super drama in there. We got there in the end. That's all we have time for on this Champions League edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Every Champions League game previewed on betting.betfair.com. By the way, obviously we've been through a lot of permutations and talked about who can qualify and what have you. But there is an explainer on the website as well. So that's on betting.betfair.com as well. Lots of Europa League stuff too. From Jake, Mark, Stinch and me, it's goodbye for now.